Okay, let's continue with the second part <coughs> of this uh, lecture today. We've seen chemical bonds, and chemical bonds will lead us to the concept of chemical reactions, because this is actually what happens in, uh, in the physiology um, of different uh, systems. Chemical reactions are those relationships that occur between molecules whenever chemical bonds are formed or broken or rearranged because any of these three things may happen. Chemical bonds that we have seen will determine the type of chemical reaction that happens and the nature of the atoms or molecules that participate in the um, in this uh, reactions. So in the way to to understand how this happens is that we use equations. Equations that will show us and uh, uh, we express these chemical reactions and make it clear how they happen using these chemical equations. Equations will have uh, expressions like the symbols, the different symbols of the atoms and molecules participated. And a group of them are called the reactants, the ones that get into a reaction. And on the other side, we'll have the products, which are the chemicals that are formed or broken or rearranged. Now, these equations, following the law of conservation of energy and matter, they are well balanced. That means if I mix A and B to make C, well, the A and B will turn into C. The same matter will be expressed in the other side. Now, energy also has to be balanced, but let's start with the matter, like uh, we get the atomic weights of each of the molecules of the reactants and we balance with the product, should be balanced. <clears throat> and that's what we call chemical equation because it's compared to a mathematical, mathematical equation. It has to be well balanced. And that's a different thing in chemistry where you have to play with the valence electrons, the different numbers, the electrical charges, and there are specific ways to find out what the balance is, making sure that you express it correctly. And so there are many of these reactions that are complex and give you a hard time when you do this in chemistry, you find that the balance or balance is chemical equation on both sides. But as we said before, in the uh, in physiology and biochemistry and metabolism, we follow the same rule. We follow the same exact rule. And when we want to understand some chemical reactions, we have to be careful about this, and the equations are well balanced. But the equations that we use are usually not complex. We end up using like hydrogen plus water or water plus carbon dioxide. We use very simple, actually, uh, chemical reactions and expressing chemical equations. We don't get to express a chemical equation for the production of a protein or DNA, which is very complex. But there are some chemical equations which we should remember, and they are important in different systems, like water and carbon dioxide, because that's important for the respiration and respiratory physiology. Uh, the bicarbonate, the potassium, the urea, chemical reactions that are expressed with chemical equations when we get to that part of the 
kidney physiology, for instance. So that's the importance of these uh, chemical reactions and chemical equations. Formulas, as we see there, express the different compounds. And um, we have different types of formulas for different compounds, as we see here, different examples of water, glucose, hydrogens, methane. Um, and in the examples here, we have some chemical equations showing the reactants and the product for specific examples, hydrogen, two atoms of hydrogen, combined to get one molecule of hydrogen, which is actually a gas. Or four hydrogens plus one carbon, what we saw represented in, the, in one slide. And we have the methane, CH4. So those are simple chemical equations, reactants and products. Sometimes in the product we have more than one product. We have a reactants, two reactants, and we have two products, depending on the components or the structure of the reactants. So some chemical reactions are exemplified here, different types of chemical reactions. One of them, very important, is called the synthesis. Synthesis, chemical reaction for thin synthesis, which means combination means combination formation. A plus B, which are separated, they get together into the compound AB. And this is called anabolic process. The word anabolic, which means building up, producing, forming. This is a very simple example, but it may be complex when we get more than two reactants and one product containing everything. Anyway, it's called synthesis. We are forming a new molecule. For example, when in the cell we produce proteins, proteins are complex molecules and they are made of long chain, it's a long chain of amino acids. Amino acids are the unit. And when we produce proteins, it's a synthesis reaction. We add many amino acids together in a long chain, and that's when we have a protein. Decomposition is the, the other way. We break down. We break down a long molecule, or in, the, in this example, the, the product, which is AB, gets broken into their components, A plus B. And this is called, uh, we use the word catabolism or catabolic reaction for this type of process. Catabolism, that means breaking down, destruction, separation. Compound AB turns into its components A, a plus B. Decomposition reaction. Example, the glucose. When we consume carbohydrates, they are long chains of glucose. We break it down in the liver, and at the same time, our liver can produce glycogen, which is a long chain of glucose units. Well, sometimes we need to use that glycogen because it's a reserve of glucose, and like when we are fasting, we have to use that glycogen, which is a long chain of glucose units. Well, we break it down. We break it down 
in a decomposition reaction. We break down the long molecule of glycogen and we get the units, glucose molecules, and the glucose can be used by the cells. So we have synthesis and decomposition reaction. We also have exchange. We can see in the slide that one compound is replaced by another uh, other one. We have AB plus C, and the product is the compound AC plus B. So you see that the B is practically replaced by C. That's what we call an exchange reaction. And this is what I was saying. Sometimes the reactants are two, and the products are two instead of only one. So in this case, it's called exchange reaction. Some bonds are made, and some bonds are broken. Or the other example, AB, compound AB plus a compound CD, then we have the products, compound AD plus CB, is an exchange reaction. ATP, an example of exchange reaction. ATP is a molecule that stores energy, stores a lot of energy. And where are the energy? Where's the energy? In these bonds between the phosphate. ATP stands for adenosine triphosphate. It contains three atoms of phosphate linked in this way. These bonds, they have a different symbol here a link with a different symbol because they express that those are high energy chemical bonds. When one of these bonds breaks, well the energy here will be released and taken by something else, like another chemical reaction. Well in this case we have ATP combining with glucose, one phosphate is moved, removed from the molecule of ATP and now is transferred to this carbon from the glucose. And now this compound which was glucose, reactants here are ATP plus glucose, the product will be ADP with two phosphates plus this molecule, which is now glucose phosphate, because it has one phosphate attached to one of the carbons. Yes? I have a question. Um, I, don't, like, I don't understand the reason why it was to create like a balance, or no, just because it wants to? Like, I no, this particular reaction, for instance, um, when we need to use the energy from ATP, you see this red uh, symbols here, they express that there's a high energy stored in that chemical bond. When we need to use this energy is when this chemical reaction happens. And what happens, the glucose come and combine with ATP, and this chemical reaction will happen. This energy bond is broken, and this phosphate will be single. Well, the glucose will come and capture it. It won't lose it, it won't be lost. It will be just transferred. Because later, this phosphate can return to the ATP. This chemical reaction can happen in the other direction also. And that's actually what happens. What happens when we study the um, glycolysis, which is the way that we use the glucose molecules to get energy, we'll see this reaction again. And we'll see how the ATP energy is used in this way. Glucose molecule can capture one phosphate, uses that energy that is released, and the phosphate returns to the molecule of ATP, so the energy is not lost. So 
This reaction will happen in order for that energy to be used. That phosphate is not lost, it's just exchanged conveniently so we can use that energy. Okay? Now, following the chemical reactions, there is a type of chemical reaction uh, called reduction oxidation, commonly called redox reaction, where we use these terms reduction, or we say an atom is reduced when they gain electrons, and oxidized when they lose electrons. These Redox reactions are important to keep in mind. We will we'll, uh, we'll describe some Redox reactions when we get into the metabolism part. And um, we will see some compounds will gain electrons, some others will lose, and we use these terms, reduced or oxidized. For instance, hemoglobin is a protein that is inside the red blood cells and it transports oxygen. Well, there are two types of hemoglobin, reduced and oxidized following these terms. Hemoglobin that gain electrons is called reduced. Loses electrons is called oxidized. And depending on the state, they will get more or less oxygen to transport. And redox reactions will happen so the hemoglobin can go from oxidized to reduced and backwards. Here we have an example of the glucose, which is oxidized an oxygen molecule is reduced. You see the oxygen molecule here? The oxygen molecule is, and here, we say is reduced. Is reduced because it's going to gain electrons. Gain electrons from who? From hydrogens, from carbons. Oxygen was here by itself, but now it's combined to these other carbon and hydrogens. It's gaining electrons. And the glucose is oxidized because it's losing electrons being shared with this particular compounds, carbon dioxide and oxygen and ATPs. This is a chemical equation that expresses how the glucose is broken down to form molecules of ATP, which is energy. We'll see this chemical reaction when we get to the Krebs cycle, glycolysis, and different parts of the metabolism. That will be in the next following week. The next week we'll still be talking about chemistry and we'll get progressively reviewing more concepts about pH, enzymes, a uh, little bit of um, metabolism and how this works. We'll see many of the chemical reactions that we are reviewing here. We, we've been talking about energy, like the ATP is a molecule that stores energy. In those chemical bonds, they are called high-energy chemical bonds. Well, and also we mentioned that there is a balance in the chemical reaction, the chemical equations, balance of mass and balance of energy. Because if some chemical reaction will happen and the chemical bond is broken, energy will be released. Energy will be released. When that happens, we call that reaction exergonic, exergonic, because there's a release of energy when that chemical reaction happens. 
But that energy is not lost. That energy will be used by a different reaction. There are some reactions that need energy to happen. So that's the chemical reactions that release energy. So those other chemical reactions can use that energy that is being released. And if a chemical reaction needs energy for, uh, for happening, we call that reaction endergonic because they are going to use up that energy. They use energy for the reaction to happen. And we can express this in, term, in terms of potential energy. If this re chemical reaction called endergonic is absorbing energy, it's using energy, it's going to store that energy. It's going to have potential energy, which is energy that is stored. This type of uh, reactions are called anabolic. And the exergonic is also called catabolic or oxidation, oxidative reaction. Like an example for exergonic glucose. We commonly say we burn glucose. Yeah, actually, we break the molecule of glucose, and in that process, energy is released. And that energy is captured by the ATP molecule. ATP molecule will store that energy. And in that sense, energy that is released is taken by a different chemical reaction. So there's a balance of mass and balance of energy in all these chemical reactions. So exergonic reactions that release energy, endergonic reactions that use the energy or take energy, need energy for them to happen. Now in theory, we can express a chemical reaction like this, A plus B turning into AB and the AB turning back into A plus B. Well, in theory, all these chemical reactions are reversible, but what happens in reality may be different. There may be tendency to form more AB or tendency to form more A plus B. It depends on where that happens. But anyway, there must be an equilibrium. There must be an equilibrium depending on what, we, what type of chemical reaction we have. Now, some of these biological reactions, many of them actually, they're not so reversible. They need energy for that to happen in different ways. When we get to the respiratory system and respiratory physiology, we'll study how the carbon dioxide, the carbon dioxide that we produce in our cells as a waste product, it is turned into bicarbonate or carbonic acid in the plasma. But then when it gets into the, the lungs, it is transform back to carbon dioxide gas dissolved in the plasma and then it will diffuse through the wall of the alveolar in the lung and it will be breathed out. So all these <laughs> concepts that we're reviewing uh, will make sense when we get to those parts of physiology, respiratory physiology, kidney physiology. We'll use all these terms and these principles to understand how all this happens. And we'll study one of the important um, chemical equations or reactions that, that we have in physiology, which is the combination of carbon dioxide and water giving place to carbonic acid and then to bicarbonate. All these reactions are reversible. But they are reversible under certain circumstances. For instance, someone with asthma in the crisis, breathing a lot, having problems with breathing, if you go and find out the levels of carbonic acid, carbon dioxide in, in the plasma will be totally different than a person with no problems 
in the respiratory system. But it's reversible as soon as the person gets better and everything goes back to balance in different circumstances. And that has to do with homeostasis also. There are things that change the rate at which these chemical reactions will happen, the speed at which these chemical reactions happen. Temperature is one of the most important. The reason why body temperature is maintained at a determined level is because that temperature favors many chemical reactions. We will have an experiment in digestive system I think that's part of the 20B, but we'll get enzymes from the digestive system, and we'll mix it with carbohydrates or proteins or lipids, and we'll need those tubes put in water bath at 37 degrees Celsius to simulate the body temperature. And if we leave the tube out of the incubator at a different temperature, the speed will be very low, very slow. So that temperature optimizes, optimizes, increases the rate of many chemical reactions. The number of reactants, more reactants we have, more will favor the chemical reaction. Makes sense. The particle size, if the particles are smaller, that will increase the rate of the chemical reaction. So all these factors will affect how fast, how efficient a chemical reaction will happen in our body. Following this concept of the speed of chemical reactions, some chemical reactions will happen very slow. It will take a long time. And that's not what we want sometimes. An example is we have in our mouth, we have in our mouth saliva which contains an enzyme. An enzyme which is described in chemical terms as a catalyst catalyst increases the rate of reaction. So in our mouth we have in the saliva this enzyme called amylase will increase the rate of reaction of glucose, I mean glycogen or carbohydrates turning into glucose to break down the carbohydrates that we eat. So this amylase catalyst will increase the rate of the reaction. But we mix it with saliva, which is water. Water plus this enzyme, and if you put a piece of bread in your mouth, you can feel how it dissolves in your mouth. Now, if you put that piece of bread in a glass of water without any catalyst or enzyme, it will take a long time for this to dissolve. It will dissolve, but it will take a long time. If you add a drop of catalyst, in this case the amylase, that reaction will be much faster. And that's the reason of the catalyst increase the speed, increase the rate of the reaction. In chemistry, in a genetic term, it's called catalyst. In biological systems, it is called an enzyme. An enzyme, which is a complex molecule, usually a protein. We'll see more of that in the next part. Questions, comments to this point? I think this is the last one. Yes, it is. All right, so... Take 10 minutes of break and then we'll get the lab arranged in that meantime.